वेलकम टू सन टॉक सन टॉक इज अराउंड द टेबल टुडे डिस्कस द रियलिटी ऑफ द ओरिजिनल विल थिंक अबाउट ओरिजिनल्स कॉपीज सिमुलेक्ट्रा एंड फेक्स इन रेल्म सच एज साइंसेज आर्ट्स फिल्म मेकिंग एंड फिलोसफी what are the problems with documenting reality how are the methods and concepts of archaeologists astronomers and documentary filmmakers different what are the limits of representation why is seeing believing how do fake antiques have value could they be originals without copies is reality no longer possible could there be gardens of artificial flowers in the future Does technology give us more reality than nature? And does reality matter? We are pleased and privileged to have three sun talkers with us here today. Professor Sharad Deshpande is a philosopher and a free thinker. He lives in Pune. Nilita Vachani she is a documentary filmmaker and a writer of both fiction and non-fiction she also teaches filmmaking in new york university and professor mayank wahia who's a scientist at tifr mumbai and is interested in everything nilita why don't you set the ball rolling with you um as a filmmaker and someone who's dealt with that craft for a while and thought about it what do these two words mean to you both reality and original and what's the problem there what do you struggle with what do you deal with so um when you think of these two words um the reality of the original uh original takes you back to origins uh, beginnings and reality of course um, has a lot uh, imbued just in that word uh reality is a very paradoxical term very complex what do we mean by reality and what do we mean by the reality of origins going back to the origins so um maybe i'll start by talking about um in some sense the origins of cinema since i'm a documentary filmmaker um So let's go back to 1895. I mean we could go back much earlier when photography was invented. Uh but going back to 1895 which was uh the beginning of cinema Lumiere brothers the, the Lumiere brothers exactly. And 1895 they made um their actualities. They called them actualite which is again the realities. Sure. Um and these were just um short takes single takes in length they were only 45 40 to 50 seconds mm-hmm. long 40 45 50 seconds long mm-hmm. that was the length of an actuality mm-hmm. and this was of course completely predetermined by the technology available right because they could only run an 11 meter take sure 
in a hand-cranked camera. Sure. And that's why the length differed from 40 to 50 seconds. But that was what uh, a reality entailed, something that had to unfold in space and time over a period of 45 seconds. So that reality had a certain look. Uh, but for the first audiences watching their films, those actualities were as real as it could get. Mm -hmm. So the story goes that the first time they showed their film, a uh, train entering a station. The people actually stepped back. People know. went screaming from the theater because the camera had been placed so cleverly um, at the edge of the platform. And so the train sort of barrels through from the top right to the bottom left mm. and people took that as a reality and they went screaming uh, so that was the origin that was the origin of filmmaking and therefore it had it was invested with a certain reality which uh, ironically would only exist once obviously because for that same audience watching that film a second time they would not go running from the theater yeah and also other audiences watching that piece of film yeah. because they had heard about this new technology and this new piece of film would not react the same way yeah so uh, interestingly that reality could only be invested in that origin in yeah. that original yeah. um but if you look at the history of cinema, you know, beginning from 1895 up to the present, in every period, there have been certain embedded um, realities which are very determined by the technology available. And it was a way of representing reality at that given time. And people took it to be the truth, took yeah, it to be the But in that instant, it's just a reality capture, isn't it? You're just capturing what's happening there. You're capturing what's happening there, but for the people who are watching it, it, it is real life itself. Oh. Uh, they, until, they re, until they know it's just, it's just film. Now we are used to, you know, we watch 3D films and we have things hurtling at us constantly. We have asteroids hurtling at us. We have missiles hurtling at us. We don't for a moment take that as a given. As we, have, yeah. we know that our lives are separate and this is entertainment and there's a, uh, and we know where the separation is. So I think the interesting point is at what point there is no separation. What point do we take an experience as absolutely real? And at what point do we know that this is not real? When does, yeah, yeah, and and yeah. I think that could happen probably possibly in in any art form and this is simply where it happened in cinema and it was a matter of learning the language of cinema of knowing what the technology was and learning the language and and becoming um you know uh, sort of a savant in that language and then of course the language changing um, but but there's obviously no way in which one could recapture that the frisson of that first experience of the spectators or whoever the audience that was there at that point in time so are we just referring to this element of surprise shock which cannot be re-experienced or no but i think in different uh, in different time periods uh that shock has been replicated again and again sure uh, so for instance um what would the latest such thing be the latest right now would be uh virtual reality in mm. cinema um, we we went from this very rudimentary actuality in 1895 that I described where the camera did not move. The camera was static. It was one single take. There was no editing. 
um, and it in space and time something unraveled in a period of just 40 seconds. Now we have something called virtual reality where you have these little cameras um, which can record 360 degrees up and down and you and it's entirely immersive and they can take us sitting here in this room and put us in the middle of the sure. Syrian battlefield sure, sure, sure. and uh, and we can experience by being every everywhere seeing supposedly everything and you know and so it would have that same level of kind of shock and horror and immersion and uh, and that's where we are today and we until that becomes second nature and until all of us do that all the time and we are immersed in VR as it's called for us it would be like we are in the middle of a Syrian war yeah I think you know there's some interesting ideas there and yes. we'll maybe come and touch upon the idea of the virtual mind you have yeah, something I've on that just fascinated. Media can actually create realities mm. and that can do a phenomenal job. I mean, it's not just a question of the railway train, train apparently coming through the screen of the theater, mm -hmm. but you can brainwash a whole culture, a whole civilization using cre creating realities which don't exist. So <laughs> if you go to, for example, China, you would think, um, the, if you look at the Chinese media, mm. you would think nothing else other than their leaders are important. And you can see how clearly a country or a whole civilization can be brainwashed. Uh, manipulating reality just through this visual medium. Korea is another example. Is there, so are, mm. we, are we referring to something very special about visuality and images? In the same, no, in, uh, what I mean is by blocking information, by selecting information and sure. how you get it through, you can actually cheat senses and you can che cheat a whole civilization, not just your senses. Sure, that's fine. What is, uh, Sharad, maybe we go to you, What what is the original for you as a philosopher? This is a very doubtful question. question because, I mean, what is doubtful is not the question, but what is <laughs> doubtful is the idea of the original. Mm -hmm. Because uh, as it has come uh, in the earlier uh, part, uh, there is the idea... The, the idea with, of the origin uh, is, yeah, is intertwined with it. With, with originality, the idea of something which is for the first time, mm -hmm. that also is associated with that. So mm -hmm. we need to first uh, see... What are the la layers of meaning that are attached to the idea of the original? Mm -hmm. Because uh, sometimes we also uh, talk about the original in the sense of authentic. Right. So there is an authenticity attached to something which is original. Right. Uh, then also something... Like the Levi's jeans. Yeah. Then also true. creativity. Mm -hmm. uh, especially in the fields of arts. We mm -hmm. say this, so and so artist is a very original artist. What mm -hmm. we mean is that... He, he has the great amount of creativity with his art. Mm -hmm. So creativity, authenticity, genuineness, mm -hmm. all these layers of meaning that we attach to the idea of the original. Mm -hmm. But conceptually, there are many problems with the idea of original. Mm -hmm. I mean, Such as? First problem is, as I said, what is the test of being original? What is the criterion of being something being original? And... Here, once we raise the issue of the criterion, then whole sorts of issues come up. But that should for, be straightforward, isn't it? No. For instance, something can be original in one culture, but may not be so original in, considered to be so original in another culture. Such as what? Like, let's... let's. Uh, for, for instance, say, a certain art form mm -hmm. we consider as very original. Mm -hmm. In one culture, it may not be music, for instance. Certain certain, certain forms of Indian music mm -hmm. may not be considered original at all in any other country, mm -hmm. in, in any other culture. So, 
my my contention is that the idea of original is it culturally determined or mm-hmm. is original something which is ontic in itself irrespective of cultures mm-hmm. 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 so we we need to investigate into this yes my um the other extreme of this idea is the scientific reality and scientists tend to believe that there is a world that is real and independent of human beings yeah and um, the idea is simply looking into that now that's a completely different concept of originality than what um, deshpande sahab said but um, there also physicists can't handle reality in its totality so they take uh, size uh, slices of reality in their labs isolated from everything else and then try to create or manipulate environment but right now we're talking of this is in the context of reality there's no such thing as original that you worry about there is the originality sciences. well no i mean nobel prizes are given different. for example nobel prizes are given for original research sure but there's a very peculiar reinterpretation of originality in the yeah. sense of what it is but um, origin for example has a completely different meaning in the in the science sense of the word and it has it, even within sciences depending on which sciences you work on when you say something is original uh, it has a different meaning for a astronomer it's a big bang for a biologist it's early life sure uh, sure it changes so i i think i agree that uh, originality is a very difficult concept to define i think why don't we leave originality behind and talk about the original and maybe talk of it both in the context of ideas and the immaterial as well as the material now in the context of the material is original a problem yes i think it's uh, I, i mean to me the the whole idea of origin is very problematic and if we can really I mean. uh, you know unpack some of these uh, so let's do that uh, first thing see consider for instance we will have to take lots of examples for that sure and each example will shed different light on the sure. whole idea of origin sure uh, or original hmm? sure now uh, take twin yeah twins now, twins now which do, of the two is do, original do we, do we apply the idea of original in 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 the case of twins which one of them is original and which one is not mm-hmm. okay now this this itself is a very tricky example and this is not a fallacious example no this is not a fallacious example because mm-hmm. in the idea of the original also is imbibed the idea of something which is not the original yeah okay only then the idea of original would make sense unless we have the idea of non or something which is non original yeah now what is non original we have words for that in language in any ordinary language such as copy for instance yeah. hmm? imitation yeah. copy simulacra Similar, similar. Yeah. All these words, these yeah. this whole range of words indicate what is non-original. Okay, but now each one of them has to be. I mean, it makes sense only when it is contextualized. You see, what is simil similkra is not something which is in itself, mm-hmm. isn't it? And that's why that person says that there are four levels of hyperreal. Yes. four kinds of hyper reality yeah okay. then then take another instance uh, sneeze for instance i sneeze is my sneeze original what does that mean no no mean me, meaning what kind of objects quote unquote what kind of objects can have originals can, can be can be considered original mm-hmm. can be considered original so mm-hmm. pain for example do, does the toothache which i have right now is it mm-hmm. original 
Now, some this 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 makes sense because sometimes we have false pains, yeah. which are not original in that sense of the term. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my point is that 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 number of examples will give number of uh, you know alternative understandings of this whole whole idea of the original and also what is not the original. So as he said, what is the criterion? to say that something is original and something is not so now we have epistemology of the original epistemological issues mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. mainly two issues one how do we know that something is original and two how do we say that it is original in relation to something else which is not original so the criterion yeah so these two are very important issues yeah tell Then, me tell me tell me why do fakes work work yeah why do fakes work in which in, in what respect yeah. well i mean we know that fakes are fakes but they work no, no, there's no. a market for fakes fake of art for example is different from replication of something because you want to study it in science and fake is completely different from a philosopher's point of view where he worries about um, you know essentially copied ideas or somebody who is not an original thinker borrow somebody's ideas so the idea of fake itself is uh, context dependent yeah sure certainly so let's say in the context of fake art no see for that the one answer is sociological and another is culture socio cultural mm-hmm. because the culture demands for instance there can be a culture in which not the original but the fake would be valued more quite possible it's quite possible to imagine wow in archaeology for example <laughs> fakes are often more valuable because you know what the original creation had done and why did somebody add things to it and things like that so um, in archaeology fakes could be more valuable than yes because real. it tells you how just the because the real is just not available or sometimes it tells you when the idea has been incremented um the fake that i'm using in the sense is a more general fake in the sense that it it may be an alteration of the original mm-hmm. or it may be a replicated copy of the original mm-hmm. or for example if you go to salarjang museum every major piece of art um has been copied there and kept there mm. so that you get an idea about what it is now for some reason if the original is not there or you cannot go to the original or if the artist who made the copy wanted to add some values because he thought it was not good enough you get new ideas you get this fake music for example all lata mangeshwar song sung by somebody else and they make these subtle changes in fakeries it tells you about the artist if you are interested it tells you about the artist as to why he thought that this particular music piece needed to be altered even though that was the more famous version so fakes to, have an interesting set to, of to to add to this idea of the real and the the original and the fake let us apply the law of double negation here sure hmm? so the copy of the copy should be called original No, come on. Why not? Come on. That's I mean that's that's no, certainly no. fallacious. No, no, it it is it is very puzzling because because it is strange, but it is true. See, what does the law of double negation say? The says? copy of the copy is the copy of the same original. See, the copy of the copy is the copy of the same original. But yes. why then that copy should not be called original? I mean, see the it's point. It's as good as original. Huh? It is as good as original. What cannot be faked? Reality. Well, we're just playing <laughs> with words here. No, no. What cannot be fake? Uh, let's go this to you, Nilita. You let's go to the world of documentary filmmaking. Emotions cannot be replicated. Do you? Do you? Is it a process of just 
capturing reality is i mean is there such a thing as a fake documentary film is there a yeah um Uh, yes. If that question makes any sense to yeah, you. Yeah, sure it does. But I think I'd like to go back to Please. here because I think there's a very important area we sort of sure. skipped over. Uh, firstly, uh, talking about the original, I think the idea of the original is important in every culture. Um, uh, I think all cultures are obsessed with the origin. And, and by the origin, I mean original, I mean originality, I mean original. all the words that start with the root concept of the origin and so it, all cultures are obsessed with who you know crossed the english channel first or who bro- uh, broke a record in a marathon or who can run faster so who invented such and such thing first or who patented this so firstness firstness in some sense i mean i think uh, every culture seems to have that and treasure that for some reason it's treasured and uh, also this concept of a, f- a fake fake why is fake art more important i mean i th- i would th- i think a work of art a fake work of art is only important until it's known that it's fake you know i mean there's there's we we can talk about a fake picasso or a fake jamini roy right but that will have a limited circulation in say ebay where people who don't know enough about picasso or jamini roy will buy that sure but the but in the art world where people they are experts on picasso and jamini roy and they are museums and they are curators sure. and they are collectors and they are enthu- art enthusiasts sure those fakes will have no play at all really but what about uh, something really interesting like um Recently, there was a Max Ernst painting, La Forêt, the forest, mm-hmm. which emerged into the world. Mm-hmm. And this is a missing painting of Max Ernst. So mm-hmm. it was made from a period of his life when a lot of his works were destroyed or disappeared because of the Nazi era mm-hmm. and a lot of the uh, Jewish artists had to leave and you know their work was considered degenerate art it went underground and so these works were gone sure and so uh, later on in the 2000s uh, uh, le forêt emerged and it was um, shown at the Max Ernst Museum it was authenticated by the greatest uh, expert on Max Ernst's work who was his friend and a major uh, art historian in Europe it was shown at the Museum of Modern Art uh, when uh, Max Ernst's uh, wife saw that painting she said it's the best work Max Ernst has ever done <laughs> And, and it turns out to be fake. The only problem with the La Forêt was that it was not painted by Max Ernst. <laughs> <laughs> so, and sometimes even the original master might be unable to say it apart. I mean, exactly. So, I, so in that, my yeah. view, La Forêt is not a fake. It is an original because it's not copying any Max Ernst work. That's a special kind of original. It is yeah. a special kind of original because the artist who who's uh who's who's beltracci who's like who's now the master forger of the 20th and 21st century he is the master forger sure uh, i'm very fascinated by him and his That's life beautiful. because he um he has claimed now publicly that he has f- uh, painted 500 great masters and these are lying in museums around the world they've been 
surpassed by Sotheby's and Christie's. They've been authenticated by ex ex so millions experts. and millions of dollars have changed hands around fakes. And and they are they, there's a Van Gogh there, there's a Durer there, there's a Picasso there, and we don't even know where they are. And which they are. And and, yeah. and but these are originals because he never he was smart enough not to copy a work of art, but he studied the artist. He studied the uh, the style, the, 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 the style. Yeah. He he knew art history, and he also realized what the missing periods were. Yeah. And so he's created an original work that that artist would have done in that missing period. So in what sense isn't that an original? And in what's it's only fake in that it's not painted by Max Ernst, but it has all the qualities we were talking about. It has creativity, it has genuineness, it has originality, it has been authenticated by the expert, including the wife. Ex the wife. Uh, yeah. So you know the whole. It, it's a very complex issue here, and also it it ends up being real for everybody. So what happens to La Forêt? Does the value drop after? It, it, yes. It, it, Like, yeah. <laughs> do we value it less as as we we do so the love love for it ultimately was sold for uh, 7 million dollars mm -hmm. and now of course you know the the owner is a gallerist in new york who is suing um both the gallery that sold it to him as well as this uh, expert who uh, you know spies this german art historian who was the one who gave it a certificate of authenticity i think it's interesting to see where we land up 2 300 years later this might be more valuable exactly the but others. the thing is the, re the, the the point i think i want to make also is that the reality was a certain way right. for 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 everybody because people wanted this max ernst work they wanted a new max ernst the entire world celebrated it was real for everyone until one fine day when they realized oh it actually wasn't painted by uh, max ernst because there's a pigment used which actually didn't exist in 1926 right and then suddenly the whole reality collapses right. and then this work which was original and heralded as such becomes a fake but it takes a very special understanding of the original to actually do something yeah. of this nature yeah absolutely absolutely mm. so i think it's you know it's it's what is original what is creative uh, what is authentic what so is genuine so this is a special case where there is a copy without there being an original almost it's not a, it's copy, not a copy at all it's not a copy it because it's a first it's an original it's yeah. an original but painted by someone else yeah however everybody else everybody has claimed given it to max ernst it had yeah, yeah. and in fact picasso apparently said Uh, very interestingly he said if some artist can make a great picasso and i look at it and i like it i have no problem signing off on it right <laughs> 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 so. no but on the lighter vein there was yeah. apparently a competition for charlie chaplin look alike and charlie chaplin himself came third in that Now, how do you handle that as reality <laughs> you have a problem there that's interesting people's imagination of what charlie chaplin must look like and what he really looked like Really? Have we have we always valued originals as 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 cultures around the world? Is is something special happening just now in this moment in time? No, no. Talking of copies and um, originals, humanoids. Uh, we are copies of humanoids, but I think we are better off than the humanoids were. So sometimes the copies can turn out to be better than the original. And the, that's because that's evolving. That's evolving. There, there, there's something else at work, isn't there? Yeah, the things that are added. So I mean, what I gave was an extreme and somewhat silly example, but the thing is that sometimes in copying you can add precious components to it, which allows you actually to get more insight. Like this painting, right. which was which actually added components in the sense. I mean, you hear you how you how you wish it were real. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like that. 
exactly i, I would put that and point uh, uh, i would put that point slightly differently i would say that uh, that would be enriching the 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 first original so oh, to say yes i mean it's it's a sort of an improvisation it's a sort of an uh, you know uh, adding to the original and in that case to that extent it's a it's a real i mean it's the original work so the value of all the other max urns would have gone up after this maybe oh uh, well uh, well it was sold for a record price no but of all, all the, the others, others. but now if it is resold it probably won't fetch no, no it's, no, it's gone even though <laughs> it's a, almost a perfect representation of the mind and the art of the artist even though he didn't do it it still represents what that because a five certifies the artist certify that yes this is how he would have perceived reality so there's a factual side to this business isn't it there's a factual that side actually is a very troubling case there's a factual side to this so the fact that it's not done by him there's a legal side to it there's it's only legal right. property it's a, it's a legal authorship yeah fact because it had it not been no, discovered i think the world would have been much happier for it Yeah. Apart from the fact that Beltrachi would have continued to make milk people and make lots of money, I think the museum, Sotheby's, Christie's, Christie's collectors, art historians, experts would have all been happy. Happier. If this yeah. ha- this fakery hadn't been found, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, is reality necessary? If anything is spread skepticism around <laughs> on those five hundred. No, on the other hand, considering how well he has captured the original artist, that even the wife could be fooled. There's something to be said about that being a rep- excellent representation of the reality of the mind, which no longer existed. See, there is non-trivial importance to the fact that he could reproduce to the extent that he could fool everybody else into believing that this is how that man would have viewed reality and sort of taken it on the canvas. He speaks phenomenally of replicability. No, it's a very interesting it case actually. Unless the wife never really paid attention to Max Ernst, which 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 is a <laughs> yeah, different I mean, topic altogether. Um, Why do we make copies? Why do we make copies? Is it I mean fundamentally why do we make copies at all? Scientists have no choice because reality is so complex you can't study it in totality. So for you so the copy a, is a model of reality. My copy is an isolated system which I can look at quietly without the interference of the reality. For you as an experimentalist. For as an experimental physicist, I mean in a very narrowly defined sense of So let's go to you Mayank as an astronomer mm-hmm. when you when you or your colleagues around the world when you look at images of distant stars and mm. galaxies some of which probably don't even exist anymore and the yeah. light rays are reaching you just now there's something very very interesting and tantalizing there what are the conceptual problems there for you i mean are there are there telescopic images and photographs which are false do you worry about the same issues that an art historian would worry about in many ways we would because what happens is that we we see reality only in a limited sense of the what our eyes can see mm-hmm. but the real world the real electromagnetic spectrum goes everything from radio waves to gamma rays right so essentially then it's a piece of plastic or a piece of solid material where which has been sort of pointed to an object in the sky and that is the plastic piece that tells me that this is what that reality looks like because i can't see it my eyes are not sensitive my eyes are only sensitive to visual light so when i see an x-ray image I'm actually believing a piece of plastic which has collected which And what if there's an error in translation is that what you're saying 
No, I mean in sense in the sense that my concept of reality is very different from what I can experience. In sure. reality, my experience is not experience reality. It's it is not experienced reality. It is a believed reality. It is believed reality. Yes. Okay, and it is by consensus that we all believe that this is an X-ray detector, and therefore the image that it gave is an X-ray image of the same. Are there false images for you as astronomers? Um, there can be genuine, real, false images that nature herself creates, and they are Illusions. fantastic. So, for example, you know that a large object has gravity, mm. and gravity bends light exactly like a lens. You mean has. gravitational lensing and gravitational things lensing resulting from that? So, you can see multiple images of a distant object when and actually you don't see the real object. Right. You only see these multiple images, and you can actually see the subtleties and difference between multiple images and make out a lot of things about the past. So in science, if you ask what is reality and what you experience is, what you can experience is such a microscopic part of what you claim to know that uh, nothing is reality. Everything is, we assume that our detector has told us the truth and that detector by definition is an extension of my body. It is not my body catching experience. So reality, scientific experimental studies and originality are a completely different perspective than what a filmmaker would see or what a philosopher would see. But for example, let's let's go to the technical side of how you construct a telescope and what mm. happens there, let's say in radio telescopes, which would be... So what what do you solve yeah, so for? There's no what rationality in what... I mean, when I say that I'm seeing an X-ray image, I'm not fudging an issue or I'm not sort of taking somebody for a ride. Sure. Um, I have tested it, I have tested it with X-rays, I have tested it with a variety of things and I'm sure that that image is actually giving me a correct image of what it is. Yeah. But even then, somewhere along the line, it is not... See, let us face it. Human beings were not designed to do all kinds of things. Okay? Yeah. We were designed to eat, not be eaten, and survive and reproduce. Sure. Okay? That's okay. Given that that is what we were, it still amuses me no end to see, for example, an image of a galaxy or something, yeah. <laughs> which has been produced by a piece of plastic, which yeah. I had manipulated and test, tested and all fine telescopes and reflected and stuff like that. At the end of the day, I've taken a completely inert piece of nature, manipulated it, put some amount of electricity on it. And it's captured. And that is my reality for me. Yeah. And, uh, and that reality is absolutely huge. For example, I give this... There is a series of lectures, there is a series of slides called Powers of 10, mm -hmm. which take the universe and makes it 10 times bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and then sure. it takes 10 times smaller and smaller. Sure. And there are 42 orders of magnitude of size scale you can see. Yeah. So you can see 10 days to minus 16 meters to 10 days to 24 meters. Yeah. But human beings can experience only five of these slides yeah. in reality. Yeah. Everything else is constructed reality. Yeah. Inferred reality. And in yeah. most cases... It is not an exact replica. We have isolated and studied only a small part of it because if you try to take the whole thing together, you are dead. The complexity is so much that I can't comprehend it. I have to simplify, isolate, make a copy of the original in my lab and look at it in my lab. Fair. Now, if we turn this and think of objects, material objects as, as archaeologists, how is that different. I mean, clearly you worry about fakes there. You surely worry about fakes. You worry you? about fakes a lot more in archaeology because a fake can mislead you. Okay, mm -hmm. There are many examples of fakes having misled you. Uh, some of the most pathetic examples... How can we compare and contrast astronomy and archaeology for the, for the purposes of the reality? Well, astronomy is archaeology of the skies because... Light takes a fixed amount of time to come. So every time you're seeing back in distance, you're seeing back in time. Sure. Okay. Sure. Like archaeology and astronomy, you can't do experiments. Okay. Yes. You have to see what you get. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because yeah. I can't go and ask a Harappan really, what do you think? I mean, yeah. I have to see what I get. Astronomy also, I have to see what I get and then try to make sense out of it. 
and, and both of them are incomplete. You're piecing together a jigsaw puzzle. Yes, Most you're trying to get incomplete. a complete out of an incomplete. Yes, and in Indian history, of course, that's a, but that's a different problem. <laughs> but uh, yes, there is uh, fakes in archaeology. Uh, can lead both ways. There are some rare examples where actually fake turned out to be instinct uh, more uh, sort of more informative until it was realized the it was a fake. But the information that the extracted uh, extrapolation turned out to be good. Right. There are rare examples like that. But in general, archaeologists are much more vulnerable to fakes than uh, than anybody else I know, because art fake fine. I mean, you still and, have a and, pleasing and piece and of is, picture. And is all of this visual in nature? Is all of this? Broadly under the category of seeing is believing, or other no, other. No, I mean senses. sound obviously is another place where you can fake senses is where you can all five no, senses. In the context can be of archaeology and astronomy, in archaeology and astronomy, yeah, it's essentially visual. That's all you have. You can feel, of course. You can get a. You yeah. can touch the objects. Yeah. You generally don't go and lick an archaeological object, so <laughs> I guess you can't taste it. But uh, you can still taste it, by the. For example, recently in TFR, <laughs> we actually took a Harappan pottery and extracted the vegetable oil that was used, that was poured into that piece of. Uh, and uh, try to pattern. make vada pav. So you can it? actually, yeah, yeah, you can actually make vada pav with an oil. Well, uh, you don't the have quantity that wasn't sample. enough, yes, but yeah. principle is the same. So you can probably taste it. But at the end of the day, archaeology is. is uh, a, a visualization and a lot of extrapolation of who we are and what we are. So you actually create an artificial reality around what you see in, I say, archaeological piece or something. And and how problematic is that? Are there instances where vast realities are constructed and somehow it comes crashing down because of events similar to what? Oh, yes, yes, plenty of them. Mm. I mean, the most classical example is uh, if you look at Harappan civilization, it was mm-hmm. discovered by chance because people wanted railway track uh, boulders and sure. somebody was bringing very high quality boulders and so the <laughs> Britisher got worried saying, how come you're getting such good bricks? Mm. So he said, oh, there is a site there and it turned out to be Harappan site and he realized it was an important, it was Mohanjadaro. So he realized sure. it was a very important site and said nothing doing, don't touch this site and had archaeologists come there. Sure. But for a long time, the European archaeologists insisted that Harappan must be post um, well it cannot be beyond Greek because Greek was the greatest civilization that happened to the earth and therefore um, it must be later than that eventually they were ex- forced to expect uh, accept earlier dates so then they said no no it is the Indo-Europeans who have come and uh, right. cleaned it up so there have been uh, archaeology is more vulnerable to ideology than anything else that I can think of and is, therefore is- can be faked more uh, effectively. On the other end, the other side of the market for faking is obviously much better. Yes. No, not only that, you can fake realities. You can fake, uh, you can do an intellectual faking. It's not just a question of making money. Sure. It is a question of imposing your ideology on other ideas. That's one You don't have that problem at all in astronomy, right? Um, no, not as far as I can know. In the <laughs> sense that, see, sciences have a very peculiar way of working. They have a sense of objectivity which is, which is unique to physical sciences. Where, I mean, you can check. And if you can't check, then you know that it is incremental development. If somebody's claiming something else, then you have a problem. Sure. Um, so physics is relatively less vulnerable to faking. But even then, fakings have happened in science. Just re- I mean, scientists have lost their jobs because they were desperate to publish something. And yeah, I mean, yeah. there's some ulterior motive in faking. So that's that's a different part. But they won't last very long. Yeah. They yeah. wouldn't last very long. So you periodically have this. Everything from UFO to a new species of human being, all that are fakes. And if we, if we ask that same question in the context of archaeology and we are ending this... Archaeology is... Yeah. In the long run, do you expect every fake archaeological concept, construct, artifact to be caught? No. 
no. In the sense that it works both ways. Some uh, some of instances course, of reality cannot be proven, and, and some false uh, falsehoods cannot be um, cannot be reconfirmed or confirmed. For example, I'll give you a classical example. Uh, there is a there is a site called Lothal in uh, Harappan site, sure. and there there is supposed to be a huge square piece of land which is dug up and walled. Mm-hmm. There's one group of archaeologists who insist that it is a it's a dock where the boats used to come and uh, you know boats sure, used to be harbored sure. and therefore it's a great port and stuff like that. Another group says that the entrances etc are so small that it was just a water storage tank. Sure. How do you prove it? You probably it'll remain an open question. Yeah, but it's going to remain so. It's not always possible to catch a fake, especially in archaeology. But that's not a fake. It's the difference of opinion. Yeah, in difference of opinion. So fake in the sense of what was it being used for? What? Well, for archaeology, that's that's all what it counts. No, really, the piece of material doesn't count. How and where? Right. Is more important to them. And I think that's the issue of the interpretation of the data. That is interpretation of data in so many the, ways. But in yeah. physical sciences, that's not a problem. You you sort of go and do some more experiments and come back. But the problem with reality and physical sciences will take up later. I don't think we should do. But you would like uh, to say something. Sometime back, you asked me the question that can there be any uh, area in which fake faking is not possible. Faking is not. I think language is one area. Uh, we cannot have fake words. You, right. you 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 see That's this this, this can be seen int- intuitively. There no, cannot be fake words. It cannot you, be. There cannot be. There can be synonyms. Yeah. Okay. There can be synonyms. There, there can be syn- syntactical translations. There can be syn- uh, semantical equivalences. But there can't be fake words. You can't say, "Oh, this word is a fake word." No. It yeah. will be that word will have some application in language. So here, here is one paradigm example. Because all words exist in interrelationship with the others, is that why? No, no like words. Why? The, as far as words, why don't we go also to the why we, of that? Because yeah. that's the that's the interesting. No, area. also we cannot have the word. Uh, I mean, we cannot use the word genuine with reference to any particular word in language. Correct. We can't say this is genuine and this is fake. Yeah. This 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 has no application as far as words in language are concerned. That's a, that's a great language point. is not isolated. Words are not isolated. No, no, no it's, always it's not. No, it's not. Whether they are connected, interconnected, it's not the issue. Issue is take for instance the whole vocabulary. Mm. Take the entire dictionary, mm. and you can say that this word seventeen is is a fake word. You can't say like that. Whether that word has connection with so, any other word or not. Yeah, but what happens to words that children create, for example? No, the, these are creations. These are not fake words. Okay. But words no, for instance, um, abracadabra. Now, this is not a fake word. The, you may say this. Has, you may context. say it has no meaning. This everything you can say, but this it may be used or not used. But every word starts word, as a neologism. So, so, so the question is that the why? word fake and the word original. Has uh, it ceases to have application in as far as the words in natural language is concerned in any artificial language also? That's one observation I can make. That's, right that's now. A, yeah. That point is taken. The, and the second observation I would like to make is that unless we really specify the context, mm-hmm. the 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 origin, originality, uh, original, and their opposites. Uh, would not make sense in the sense i mean they they will uh, the whole situation will become quite messy uh, therefore let us have say uh, we can think of three different areas one is the area of language mm-hmm. uh, in which we can deal with these two words fake re- the original and the fake yeah mm-hmm. 
So here the question is that what are what is the I mean if you follow Wittgensteinian yeah. uh, idea of language, then yeah. we will say that what are the rules yeah. of the use of the word fake? Yeah. What are the rules of the word uh, use of the word uh, original? Original. Yeah. So 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 we'll have to consider the different you know situations. Yeah. Different language games in which this. Now, one thing when you say why why does the fake uh, works? Yeah. Hmm? Now, in a in a particular society, in a particular kind of society, in a particular kind of civilization and culture, say for instance the fake art artifacts create yeah. ethical problem, create legal problem, so on and so forth. Yeah. But suppose this idea is absent altogether. Yeah. Then in such a culture, no such issues will will exist. Yes. Okay. So this is one. So, second point I want to make is: Can we think of the aesthetics of the fake? Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? Uh, I mean, I'm not clear right now. But let <laughs> let's evolve. <laughs> let us let's evolve it. Some. Just now, we can think of ethics of fake. Sure. And thereby, we talk about legal and ethical issues. Sure. Can we think of aesthetics of the fake? Yeah. By that, I would mean uh, I, I would I would tend to think that uh, that that even faking is, is 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 a creative act. But it takes effort and capital and money to keep it the does. original original it, in the long run, doesn't it? Hmm? It takes effort and capital and money and a lot of other things to keep the original original in the long run. Like Picasso, 500 years out, I, th- I think a lot of Picasso fakes would have a decent future in the long run, wouldn't they? Not, not if enough people know about Picasso and keep track of, you know, the art world. Yeah, but so it, again, sure. Yeah, yeah, but you had something but, to say? I mean, I had so much to say with so many things you've yeah. s- came up with. Um, but uh, but maybe I'll stick to the aesthetics of the fake uh, since you brought up brought it up last, though I did want to talk about language as well. And, Let's go there. Um, so uh, the question of language and that there's no such thing as a fake word. I don't quite understand that because words mean different things to different people because of their context, and words are constantly being regenerated. Words are going into disuse. Words have uh, are assuming new meanings. So I'm not sh- sure what a f- fake word is because ultimately it depends on the perception of the person using that word or not using that word. Uh, so, so like take the word lol, lol, right? I mean, for someone of a certain generation, it's not, it's a fake word. It isn't really a word at all. Whereas a 10 year old knows exactly what it means, uses it all the time. And since our consciousness, our realities are circumscribed and created by the words we use. I mean, I think ultimately, I know I'm jumping into a whole different area here, but I think we have to ultimately talk about uh, subjective realities. You said constructed realities, believed realities. And I think that's where we ultimately delve into in a uh, way in a way yeah. there are no fake words just as there are no fake chairs there are no fake chairs there are no fake so, words I and mean, because uh, and there are no fake uh, if words work then they work they work so, and yeah. if you if you think you're communicating using a certain word and somebody's understanding you there's that communication it's not fake yeah. even if it wasn't uh, 
No. No? There are fake chairs. You see, if, if case, in the case of Murugajal, for instance, you can't go and sit there, you'll fall down. So, you'll okay. say it's a fake chair. But, see, I'll clarify what I mean by saying that there are no fake words. <laughs> if, if, if something is to be fake, then there has to be its counterpart, which we call as the original, isn't it? I mean, this is, this is obvious. Yes. Now, in, in language, you can say that word may have no meaning, may have meaning, may have meaning for everyone of us, may have meaning for you but not me. All things granted. But we cannot say epistemologically that a certain word is a fake word because if it is to be a fake word, then there has to be a word which... It's it's opposite, which is uh, uh, you know. That's fine. I think I think this this you point is understood. No, no, but uh, yeah. the question I is: if I, if I randomly type a set that. of characters in my computer and create a string of letters, uh. isn't it a fake word? No, no, it's no. it's it's no. a it's, it's a not. word that nobody uses. It's a word which you have invented now. <laughs> and see that some fake has that peculiar meaning. That's what I am trying to emphasize. That's that fine. it implies its opposite. Obviously, that's what that's what that's sure. So, um, to talk about the aesthetics of the fake, yeah, uh, very interesting topic because I'm I'm particularly very excited about this in documentary filmmaking, mm -hmm. uh, because in uh, do in documentary filmmaking you are supposedly at any point documenting reality. You're a spectator. Right? Uh, that's of what differentiates it from yeah. fiction film, right? Sure. You're, you're working with reality and you're supposed to be representing that reality in a documentation. Yeah. Uh, so what what happens there too has been that you, it's a language, you learn the language, you use, use the tools of that language to replicate a certain reality to such an extent that people have learned those tropes. They recognize a documentary film by the tropes used by the documentary filmmaker. So, for instance, um, you know, in the 30s, 40s, 50s, you had a voiceover yeah. explaining certain images to you. It could be about the war, it could be about the famine, it could be about a political process, and you had a certain voice. It was usually a very cultured, educated, yeah. male voice that enunciated well, like the Melvin DeMello kind of voice that was yeah. giving you lots of facts and lots of figures and lots of information, and you were illustrating, you know, whatever this voice was talking about. And the as a spectator, the moment you heard that voice... You knew You knew that. this was... Documentary reality. It was a signature. It was a signature. So you settle back to either get bored to death or to edify yourself. And you'd never question the film. You knew that they knew their facts, they'd done their homework and you were just being educated. So these are techniques native to documentary filmmaking. So these were, these were actually tropes, right? Yeah. They became stylistic tropes. Yes. And one of the most brilliant films I saw uh, re recently was is a film made in the 90s it's mm -hmm. from New Zealand mm -hmm. where they m exploited every single, single one of those tropes to create a biopic of a person who did not exist. <laughs> okay, uh, this uh, wonderful New Zealander pioneer, this um, a man named Colin McKinsey, who apparently worked... At the time of the Lumiere brothers, little later, he invented, uh, you know, the, the close-up, he invented the traveling shot, he invented the f film stock footage, he invented sync sound. So this is a documentary on a fictional documentary on, on filmmaker. On Colin McKinsey. 
Okay. Who, who never really existed. Who never really existed, but the film is so convincingly made yeah. that everybody believed it. It was shown on television in New Zealand in 1995. And it was released as a fake or as an original? So that was it. The moment somebody knows it's a fake, it you you know the point is lost, right? Right. So it was shown on television, like you would in a, a Discovery Channel sure, or something, sure. and the entire <laughs> New Zealand public saw it, and they were celebrating this great New Zealander pioneer of cinema, uh, because experts again they had got experts to act and authenticate the footage this person shot. They had eyewitnesses. They had old movies that he had shot that they had it's actually totally made. Totally synthetic myth making. It yeah. was brilliant. And people just celebrated this figure yeah. uh, all all over the nation until 24 hours later they realized the whole thing was a hoax. Yeah. And then people got really angry. Mm. So instead of really celebrating the ingenuity of the filmmakers, they got death threats um, because people were so angry. Their national pride was wounded, etc. You know. But the, so the, the 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 I guess the point I'm trying to make here is that you know even reality. Uh, ultimately is can be reflected in certain tropes and the moment you know the tropes you just take something as real and reality does not look that different from its opposite exactly you and you this. know you you can you can and 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 what these these aesthetics of the fake actually do they so I, I think they serve a very important purpose mm -hmm. in that they make you question your own belief systems like why is it that i was lulled into believing this uh, you know, and why, then you can extend that to everything. Uh, you can, you can, you can extend to everything. To everything like, why do I beliefs. believe what 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 I'm told on television? Why do I believe? Why do I take a certain look for granted? Why do I believe? You know what I tell myself. Yes. So so I really uh, can we then compare fake with lie? By the it way, is, that's a, just just to interject. Yes, please. There's this Mars attack radio show in 1930s, right. and there was no there was no original to that, and yet it was the whole show was a fake. So you can have fakes without uh, reality. No, but I think that's where Sharon makes a very interesting point about to, to every is, fake is it just a lie? Is to it every fake that is not reality? Therefore, can we compare faking with lying? Because as she said, that lying. Uh, you know, it, it challenges. But this is a this is a hoax so without in any truth. The, in no, no, but is it a fake lie or a hoax? That is a question. No, so that's, I think that's what you are asking, right? No, no. What I am asking is definitely fake? not a fake because well, there is fake no reality. original. Uh, they are fake reality. It's a fake reality. Yeah, yeah. It's a fake reality and it was a fake reality that was that believed by so many people that even after the filmmakers declared that it was not true, a lot of people continued to believe it because it was so convincing and they wanted to believe it. So a lot of it comes down ultimately to a kind of desire, a desire to believe. So there I'd like to go back to what you said. There must said. be a certain structure to... Yeah. There's a structure and there's also, you know, you said a, a few times... You, um, Exactly. Yes. Uh, you said a few times, seeing is believing. Yes. I actually think the opposite is true. Believing is seeing. Mm -hmm. It's not seeing is believing. What it's, do you mean by that? I mean, you know, as as we said, eyes are deficient. You 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 said you know I, you said you know science not through your eyes because your our eyes can't see. A very small well. fraction of the electromagnetic spectrum and so on. Mm. And as filmmakers, you know, 
we don't see reality we go out looking for what we believe in yeah uh, and then you see what you believe in we we see what we want to see you we bring your theory to your observation exactly. he takes guide to the galaxy we, has this quote from wonko the same who says you must see what you must say what you see not what you want to see yeah and uh, seeing can be very tricky for example everybody saw the moon uh, going around the earth but only newton saw that it was falling on the earth and not failing to do so yeah. so there the coins of conception has has many many layers mm-hmm. one is an obvious error you didn't want to see it you didn't notice it you didn't notice it because you were preoccupied with some other part of the picture or you had completely missed the reality behind the truth but there also there are instances similar to what nilita is pointing out mm-hmm. that you know that it's fake but you still want to believe uh, you, it yeah, the ganesh drinking milk to believe ganesh, yes, ganesh drinks drinking milk, milk right yeah, i no. mean ganesh drinks milk in one temple starts drinking milk all over mm. then london canada <laughs> ganesh is drinking milk you really yeah. want ganesh to drink milk and it he will drink milk yeah so your belief yeah. takes and over but that you, goes to a major psychological uh, this is a psychological issue yes sure. but these are all these all coming Emotional here together i think you know i mean i think we are not just talking about the physical eye we are but talking about but how many of us can live in pure reality most of us can't we yeah. always live in a cocoon world of our own where ganesh should be there and ganesh should drink milk but so it's all even together. if your science tells you it doesn't tell me why do why do artificial flowers work i mean why do we I mean, work yeah why do they work we know it's it's fake no what i mean there is no this is not a theoretical question so mm. it, it it cannot have a theoretical answer it will only have a you know day to day answer so sure. I, i am unable to buy uh, expensive f- real flowers so i so the answer is mundane and answers are mundane mm, um, that's why that's no why. but there's another aspect to it no flower has a perfect symmetry that i expect from a flower yeah. an artificial flower gives me that symmetry no but i mean you no. can have artificial flowers which have just the right kind of asymmetry to make it look natural yeah I mean, so what i'm saying is that it gives that me a perception of reality which i have imagined in my mind and the real one doesn't give it to me so i go and buy a plastic one because it gives me that what i want to see in that plant no but i mean the right shade of green which if you had 10 billion dollars to buy fresh flowers every day you would buy fresh flowers no but go, 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 going well no. i would never buy an artificial flower so i don't know but i think i think the I people mean, who why? do buy art, i mean artificial flowers they don't die so actually so one knows the mundane answer no no it's not a mundane answer i'm trying to go towards uh, immortality from this mundane answer please okay, that's interesting so uh, hmm. so uh, artifice and let's go we can go, maybe go to artificial intelligence after this there's a certain That's sense of immortality there uh, plast- uh, plastic flowers will not die they'll you be there forever they'll adorn your home forever um, you can't afford to get attached to the fresh flowers that come to your home every exactly. day because well yeah. I mean, they're going to look pretty sad the next morning exactly they'll yeah. wilt they'll st- they'll be a stench they'll have to be disposed of artificial flowers are forever um the robot is not going to disintegrate and you know is not going to die i mean as long as uh, everything works so uh, i think i, I would like to say that you should mo- you should modify your question saying <laughs> that why do open wh- to doing why, why do people prefer artificial flowers over the natural flowers or if, vice versa if why they do, do why they do, uh, why do I mean, uh, this is not a statement of fact necessarily some people or do some do, people don't why do people prefer natural flowers over the artificial flowers if they do yes this question will get a what, what, get a straight answer, answer proper answer yeah. but uh, why do people uh, uh, you know like fake flowers this 
mundane answer only. Sure. But going back to the issue, I would say that in philosophy, we make a distinction between seeing and seeing as. Seeing as. Seeing as. Seeing hyphen as. Mm-hmm. And there is no such thing as pure and simple seeing or mm-hmm. seeing just seeing. Mm-hmm. Seeing is always seeing as. Mm-hmm. So this this concept explains uh, what he was saying as far as the science is concerned. That a science scientist sees only the the slice of reality, etc. Or as what she was saying that uh, we uh, we see only those things which we believe uh, that we should see something like that. So seeing as is is something which is more uh, epistemologically uh, valid and necessary dancing component in our entire knowledge process or entire our engagement with reality sure kant has said the same point in a different uh, way but mm-hmm. is i think essentially it's the same point mm-hmm. that there is there is that we construct the object we there there is only what we are given are only the sense sense data he yeah. calls it sense data yeah. which is discrete unorganized yeah. but it's our mind which which, which, which organizes this which with categories of understanding etc yeah. yeah. and then we construct the object so from this two things follow mm-hmm. that the reality mm-hmm. around us is something which is our construction mm-hmm. one it is not given to us straight away but it is our construction and secondly since it is our construction we really don't know what is the really real mm-hmm. so that is kant's agnosticism we really don't know what is that real mm-hmm. <laughs> what's so, the future of reality on that note why don't you spend the last 5 7 minutes talking about that <laughs> <laughs> and we we touched upon the notion of virtuality in vr earlier in the discussion uh, nilita what's going to happen 200 years later 300 years later because most of what we see and consume and interact with every day increasingly is 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 well you know these definitions also change but it's it's virtual most of the films that we watch um the art that we see no, I, the advertising I, I, hoardings around us the artificial flowers in our rooms if some of us have it <laughs> no no actually what's the future of reality in the sense in which that we're talking about today not 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 the transcendental reality not the kantian reality but the day to day reality what's the future of that future that future is bright i mean there's nothing <laughs> nothing to be worried about in I the sense i think in your 10000 episode of sintalk you're going to have four robots sitting here talking <laughs> about the reality of the clone or the reality of the copy clone is a, such an interesting Isn't idea it? yeah um, i think we are really headed in that direction i mean with Probably artificial are, yeah. intelligence i mean we have computers that can paint now we have uh, well that um, google's um car uh, self driving car uh, the self driving car and then the game that beat the go, go. game yeah, that go, beat yeah. the korean uh i mean we are just heading in that direction where um you know the artificial intelligence is just completely taking off and now they feel that you know where are where, we are we going to be living in a world of simulacra largely of simulacra it's not even simulacra because if we if our uh, if our ability to feel an experience can actually yes be inculcated in us without us being somewhere else yeah. like if you can really take part in say 
a warfare a disneyland uh, uh, and sitting in our armchairs and we can hear and feel the gunshots and feel the blood and, and feel and yet be safe and sitting safe in our armchairs safe versus like a matrix of a war and that's the matrix like yeah, yes matrix-like i mean we are really headed there then then and if we feel everything and we can smell it and yet we know we are safe then why do we why do we need to be there in some sense i mean reality is really in the brain right the reality is structured in our brain um and that can can, be can our created. can our brain and can our consciousness make yeah so i just want to put a fly in the ointment yeah. that um logically we are going towards more and more automated systems more and more self replicating systems systems that seem to be able to do better than us and even though it was made by us etc the question that comes up at the end of the day is what is consciousness can consciousness be replicated and we don't know the answer to that question as long as we don't know the answer to that question we really don't know where we are ending and we frankly speaking i mean we have i can i can talk for an hour about what is consciousness but at the end of the day in its finer detail we don't know and unless you know consciousness and unless you understand how to make it independent see eventually one way of looking at the brain is that it's a chem- chemical machine which sort of where you know electrical re- chemical reactions keep happening and that's how thoughts happen and it's just more complex if you do that then you can replicate it but if consciousness induces something special then we have a completely different we have no take on what that is and we have no take on how to replicate it and as long as if it is really different then um, then we are never going to have robots no but do we need reality do we need reality and if you want to replicate in, 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 reality you have to know what is reality i mean if you want to create no but me, in the in the senses that in which we have spoken about it a few times like the simulacra right, that, that doesn't even need to be original and who's consciousness you, one can just live in a world yeah. of no no the question things. is you were saying that i could sit in my armchair and fight a whole war and feel all the pain that my robo is equivalently feeling then the question of consciousness comes in and then the idea of reality and consciousness are a completely different set of ball games which you can't possibly even begin to comprehend because we don't comprehend i mean sure i have more self awareness than a chimpanzee chimpanzee is more self aware than a cat and a cat is more self aware than a bacteria and so on but somewhere along the line is it a linear path or not we don't know now to your question that if we leave do we need reality or or can we as human beings as some somewhat transmuted form of us live with virtuality all around us no no you see this is what i'm saying you see if we live in uh, in a reality which is completely virtual then to say that it is a virtual reality we need a concept of reality and we need a concept points. of reality and reference points no but uh, it depends on how our consciousness and we understand it's an open question so we kind of set that aside for the purpose of this discussion but if our consciousness is still experiencing real emotions and we feel the same fear and pain not without getting hurt uh, in some instances then we can make do with virtuality now we might need reality for definitional purposes but for the purposes of living your day to day life i think we can dispense with reality but we need the concept of reality i think that's what charles is saying we can dispense with reality so, whatever it is but the concept is very important so now the question is will the cons- will reality be dispensed with 500 years no i can't answer this question because the question First of is all, i don't think no anybody experiences reality we can't answer that question we always have a comprehended sense of reality i mean the way i interpret the uv u imperative that is one question second question is where are we headed we are probably headed with sophisticated mechanics no, mechanistic no we're on the question of reality/virtuality 
Sure, I mean there'll be robots and things will happen. Correct. Planes will be faster. That that I think that's that's a sidetrack. No, I mean in the sense that human uh, effort required for survival might probably go down. And in the sense that we can get, uh, I mean, already I don't go shopping anymore. I call up and call food at home. That's okay. I think the question is, do we need reality? Later, do we need reality? If, I, I know none of us have this answer. We, okay. I, we totally no, we, get it. There is no answer. But if reality is consciousness, right? If that's what we we need, we need to believe in our consciousness. However, that consciousness too can be constructed. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's what I want to say. Sure. Okay. I think that's a <laughs> that's a good note to end this on. Thanks to all of you for making it, and we look forward to having you soon again. Thanks. Take care. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you so much.